Warning. The Kingdom Cast podcast contains spoilers about comic books, movies, and entertainment in general, as well as anything else that crosses their minds. Please do not take any medical advice seriously, nor legal advice that they may or may not give out. For that matter, it's probably for the best that you take nothing that they say seriously. It's Kingdom Cast Podcast. We want you, the listener, to know that we will also be going for an $8 billion bailout from the government due to the failure of Albert's space program. Joining us once again is Sandra Docudrama Swindle. I'm Stan Daniel, and with me as always is Albert Marsh. So, Albert. Yeah. On behalf of myself and the Oh, let's see here. 25, 26, 27, 28 people that personally took the time to email me. I have a question for you. I may have an answer. What the f*** is going on with you and social media? Nothing. I didn't do nothing. (laughs) Oh, contraire, mon frere. I have several text messages and several Facebook messages and just messages from everywhere that beg to differ. (laughs) Hmm. What did you do on Reddit? Well, I posted my picture on Roast Me. Yeah, how'd that work out for you? Uh, pretty good so far. Someone sent me $5. You've got a strange definition of pretty good. They were brutal on that channel. On yeah, Roast Me. But I mean, they typically are. What possessed you to do that? What possessed I'm not bored. Well, I noticed that you got like all these accolades and stuff. And didn't they get you? Didn't somebody, a couple of people donate uh, an award so you could get a free advertisement, free week on Reddit? Or I, I'm not even sure how that end happens. Explain Explain what happened, the, uh, the number of likes. And, and you got front page, didn't you? Uh, something like that. I got uh, 20,000 upvotes. Dear God. With about 8,000 comments. Good Lord. I could, I got to do some math. I can't do it in my head. <laughs> and 83 awards for that post. Hey, what are what are awards on Reddit? Explain that to me. It's like just I, a way. It's just a way for them to get money. Oh, okay. For Reddit to get money? You can buy coins or something like that. You can pay money and the money gives you coins or something, and you can give that award with the coins. I mean, you can get stuff free. Well, what does that do for no you personally? Idea. Nothing, I guess. Well, so them giving you awards does nothing. Does it raise your stature? I mean, surely to God it no, raises No, I mean, it. I think if you get a gold award, it does some stuff for you, but for the most part, I don't think they don't really do anything. It makes your post more visible. How did the back and forth go? How did the roasting go? I, I guess it went fine. I don't know. I saw you biting back at a few, not necessarily biting back, but you were you were pretty funny in your replies. I had to do something. Okay. Anything at all. No inspiration other than you were bored. Pretty much. Plus, I got a whole bunch of private messages, too. Well, well good for you. I, I saw the individual that felt the need to inform everybody that here I was going to poop, and there's Albert on the front page. Really, are they usually that forthcoming? I, I guess I, don't, I got see. I got several messages through Facebook about people that saw me. All right, okay, I got one last question. This is mainly for my wife, who wants to know the the two sets of legs in the background. Are those your sisters, or is one of them your mom? One of them's my sisters. One of them's my mom. Okay, all right. I told her that was probably what it was. Who took the picture? My nieces. Oh, well, that's sweet. I guess I asked them too. So. Okay, all right. <laughs> 
Okay. Well, I hope that answers some of the questions. Because why, that, I just, why that page is greasy, I have no idea. Yeah, that was, I was looking at that and I was thinking, damn, Albert, you could have got a clean sheet of paper there. Hopefully that answers some of the questions that I got about it because I kept saying, I don't know. I talked to him. I text him every day. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't, I didn't I was, know this was a thing. I didn't think I was that ugly. Oh, you're not ugly, Albert. I know, Albert. <laughs> if I would have known it would have got that much attention, I would have found the way to seal the podcast or something. That's okay. <laughs> something in general I don't like about these boards, whether it's Reddit or 4chan or what have you, there's just something that I I just don't like them. It, it just seems like a lot of negativity comes from them. I think there's a difference between Reddit and 4chan. I'm sure they'd like to think there is. <laughs> Not really. They're they're practically okay. the same thing. They're just all right. awful. Well, I don't I don't know either of them, so I, I'm not gonna. Four chans anonymous, right? They're both anonymous. Oh, they're both anonymous. I didn't know that. I thought you had to have a handle or a name. No, or... no. On four chan, you don't. Ready? You can have a just a standard screen name on four chan. It's nothing. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. I thought on Reddit you had to register and sign up with your email and blah 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 blah. You fake all that. <laughs> can you now? <laughs> All right. Did y'all see David Isaac's first press release from Marvel? The first appearance of uh, David Isaac has Moon Knight. I saw some picture with some paper Wait behind him. I'm sorry. Who is David Isaacs? Shit. Have I got it backward? Oscar. Oscar Isaacs. Okay. I'm like, wait a minute. Who is yeah. David Isaacs? Wait a minute. I think the world do that of over him, again. <laughs> I think the world of Oscar Isaac, and for the life of me, I keep wanting to call him Isaac Davids or David's Isaacs. I don't know why. Image of him as, as Moon Knight. It's his eyes. You see no, his, it's just him with some Moon Knight artwork behind is him. Is this just some boss logic thing? I think it's going to be pretty good. Boss logic? What is that? The guy that does the, he did mock-ups of actors in various Marvel roles, and he got hired by Marvel to do some Photoshop and work. I guess. No, no, it's uh, nothing like that. It's no. just a picture of the dude. Yeah, standing in front of a logo. Or was it artwork? I thought it was artwork. It's been a little while. You just look great. I'm excited for that. Otherwise, I Moon Knight is one of those I don't really care about characters, that if they do something exciting with them, great. If they don't, no great loss. Oh, and right before the program, too, Albert, you, you found out that they, that Netflix has just out and out canceled Jupiter's Legacy. There is no yeah. season two. No, it seems they let people, they let the actors go. There's Still going to do Super Crooks, which is apparently part of that universe. Beyond that, it's nothing. Well, why are they doing something that's part of that universe and not finishing this universe? Jupiter Legacy is eight episodes long, and they didn't even cover six issues of the comic. You've got a good point there. We talked about this when we were reviewing Jupiter's Legacy. So I would imagine that they felt that they didn't have enough material, enough original material to go into a season two and a season three. They might well, have they been able to cover planned season it two. out. They obviously planned it out. Aren't there three trades? So there's 18 issues. And they no, no. The main book, Jupiter's Legacy, is too many series. If, I'm, if I got this right and I'm remembering right, then in between the two legacy books, they did Jupiter's Circle. I think like two of those books. And that was sort of filler from back when they were still a superhero team and stuff like that for the most part. It was like backstory of everything. They drug season one out, like Albert said, and I wasn't complaining. I thought it was pretty good. It was entertaining enough that I thought they deserved a season two. Why would you cancel this unless it's just way over budget and not performing? I don't know. That's one thing I can think of. They didn't cut corners, but a lot of the special effects of season one was pretty cheap looking too. So It was CW Flash level special effects. Yeah. But they used them sparingly. It, it seemed to work better 
for me in Jupiter's Legacy than it does on Flash, Batgirl, Supergirl on the CW. And I'm not knocking those shows. I used to like Flash until every time he ran, he changed realities. I liked Supergirl, but it got a little bit convoluted. And I'm really enjoying Lois and Superman or Superman and Lois. So I'm not knocking the show's content themselves. I'm just saying in comparison, for whatever reason, Jupiter Legacy's special effects tended to work better for me than the CW superhero, DC superhero shows did. Yeah. And they're of the same caliber, the same level. But yeah, I'm kind of hurt. I was looking forward to another season of that. What was there I liked? It just, as someone that read the comic book lore, they could not have dragged it out any, any worse. Oh, still, I didn't have that much of a problem with it. I liked it enough. Well, I had to finish watching the whole series. I don't really understand the decision to cancel what, it. I mean, it's not I, like... What I think they're going to do is, see, the Super Crook thing, I think, is a live action and an animated thing. I guarantee you what to do. They, they saw Invincible and was We'll just cancel it and then bring it back as an animated show and do that. Hmm. I bet they keep going with it, but I bet I wonder if they keep going with it as an animated thing eventually. I, I don't know. Maybe, could be, but they had a good thing going in that little show. Yeah, I guess animation would be cheaper, wouldn't it? Yeah, and you can get more of what you wanted done, too. I still think, and I said this before we started, when you first brought up Jupiter Legacy was being canceled. Surely to God, the rights to Wanted has defaulted back to Miller at this point. I think Netflix should do a ongoing series on Wanted. Stay true to the comic book, or truer to the comic book, than that Angelina Jolie fiasco that they put out at the theaters. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't know why. Uh, what they were thinking with that movie. God. Or why was... they even had to pay Mark Miller to make that movie. There were elements there, but yeah, you're right. They could have made that movie and called it something else. Angelina Jolie and her magic bullets. <laughs> oh, Lord. oh, Sandra. Sandra, yes. Sandra, Sandra. Did you hear the news? About? Jesus love you. <laughs> <laughs> what? He does love you, though. Yeah, he does love you, Sandra. Albert and I want to address some problems and <laughs> bring you over to the right side of things. Damn <laughs> 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 it, I completely ruined myself. <laughs> we got Jesse Duplantis on hold. Let's, let's bring him out. Yeah, Jesse Duplantis. <laughs> He's live from his private jet. And he wants a word with you, Sandra. <laughs> I was about to say, who is Jesse Duplantis? But now I look him up. <laughs> Lord have mercy. You remember that? that no, Sandra doesn't. Sandra, did you grow up in Alabama? You didn't grow up in Alabama, did you? No, I didn't. Good Lord, no, she didn't. <laughs> no, no, no. That used to be a thing in the 70s. Good news, Alabama. God loves you or Jesus loves you. <laughs> you remember that, Albert? No. You weren't here in the 70s, were you, Albert? <laughs> Not, no, I wasn't. I remember that. I remember getting off the train from Vietnam. <laughs> the train from Vietnam. <laughs> Coming back home to Alabama, and the first thing they hit me with is good news, Alabama. God loves you. And seriously, that was a campaign. I'm not sure who was running the campaign. <laughs> Maybe God. <laughs> it was sweet of him to let me know. So. <laughs> Anyway, Sandra, the news I was talking about that I was going to hit you with is they're remaking Highlander. Oh, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, I heard that there's been talk about them remaking Highlander. Yeah, that's been the thing going on for a long time. Yeah, yeah there's no longer talk. You know who the Highlander is? No, it's like who they the, want to be Highlander, not who is Highlander. Isn't it Henry Cavell? 
Yeah, I thought this was a done deal, is it not? I don't think so. No. No, any of the, none of this. I think all this is rumor. Oh, it's just rumor, so he hasn't signed well, on. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I remember reading something about Henry Cavell has an interest or people that are doing Highlander have an interest in him. You, you think he's just waiting for them to back up a dump truck full of <laughs> to to get him? <laughs> Hello, really is this thing anything. on? I was about to say, I don't really know anything about what you're talking about there. So uh, I, I know, I know you have said you you have you have said Stan likes to throw out. Ac- there's a ac- bunch of there's a bunch of kids that are big Highlander fans. <laughs> yeah, um, just- <laughs> Stan wants to get us sued. I know, I know. It's like <laughs> say anything. I said, I said a dump truck full of money, didn't I? <laughs> Wants to get us sued. I'm not the one that has it in for Jeff Goldblum, pal. <laughs> that's about either, but um, <laughs> I think that's still in the rumored phase. I don't think that's been announced as something that's going to ha- actually happen. Well, here's hoping it stays in the rumored phase. Now, that's that thing's got the Queen music and his coat with big shoulder pads in it. <laughs> his coat with big shoulder pads and his French accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just noticed that they waited for Sean Connery to die to make the announcement. <laughs> I guess it would depend on who was doing it. I don't think the people that were doing the series and the last few movies need to be doing it. Oh, God, no. They're all off the screen. This will be a whoever, whatever company, Warner Brothers or whoever owns the rights to it. I don't know who owns the rights to it, but. Whoever owned the rights to it will be starting from scratch with an entirely new script and so on and so because none of those people are still around. They may have to pay a couple of people royalties, the original writers. I've no doubt that they'll run it in every possible way. <laughs> they'll make it woke somehow. Call it the woke lander. Oh, that's, ex- that's exactly what they do. The Sean Connery character will be female. I could see that. Couldn't you? No. 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 I could easily see the Sean Connery character being female. There were a few women in the TV series, but in the movies, I don't think there were any female Highlanders. There were no women in the in the movies. They were fairly common in the TV series. I mean, common enough, right? I don't know anything about the Not movies after common. the third one. I know a bit about the TV series. Started off good, and then it really, really turned bad. They did a movie with uh, to cross over the TV series with the movie series with Connor McLeod and Duncan McLeod, where Duncan had to honorably kill Connor to move that the franchise franchise forward. Yeah, that was that was awful. You think that's the low, but then they came out with one more movie after it, and boy, that was the real low. <laughs> The real, that, real low. <laughs> yeah, they found they found the bottom and just kept digging. <laughs> it's like them Hellraiser movies they keep coming out with. I haven't seen a Hellraiser movie in God knows when. They're they just kept gonna, making them. I think I heard they were going to try to make another Hellraiser movie. I think I do is adapt the book. I think Hellraiser is due for a makeover. And I'm not even, I don't even know that I've sat through an entire Hellraiser movie. I know it involves a Rubik's Cube. And when you align all the colors, Bull from Night Court shows up. Jesus. That's it, right? Bull from Night Court. That first night, first Hellraiser was kind of scary and kind of body horror gross. Gory. Well, the first one tried to line up. I mean, the the Cinnabite stuff wasn't the major thing like it was in the sequels. In the book, it's mostly about, I think, the uncle character and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And that stuff sort of plays into it. Well, all of Clive Barker's stuff is body horror creepy. Dysmorphia. Body dysmorphia. Yeah, the mutilation. And Clive Barker, event 
Horizon was not Clive Barker's, was it? No. Mm-hmm. I don't think Event Horizon was based off any book. I, I think I liked Event Horizon. I thought it was pretty good. I thought that 17 years later, they should have done a sequel to it. Eh, it's overrated. Really? Because I've never heard anybody sing its praises. I'm just saying, I liked it. I'm not singing its praises. It was just a movie I happened to see, and I thought, why have I not heard about this movie before now? It was entertaining. I and I don't one generally of the few people that has that opinion. (laughs) There were levels of interest. Look, here's what got me was the ship would disappear and reappear every 17 years. What I didn't understand is, well, clearly it didn't do well at the box office or what have you. But uh, I was thinking like every 17 years, you could come back and do a story. Of them still trying to save the ship of it. We even make like a miniseries out of it or something. Yeah, I, I think that would be pretty good. They need to kind of reinvent that, go back and look at it. I like Lawrence Fishburne in it. And of course, I like Sam Neill, the Antichrist, <laughs> who brought back the dinosaurs. Mm. <laughs> Jeez. He's also in Mouth of Madness. That was a good movie. Oh, Mouth of Madness was great. You read Sutter Kane? <laughs> yeah. That was a hell of a... Have you seen that, Sandra? You'd know if you saw it. You, you've you got to see... As a librarian, you've got to see Mouth of Madness. Was it a John Carpenter movie? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Mouth of Madness was outstanding, and it, it highlights the dangers of reading. <laughs> Isn't, is that based off of a Lovecraft story? It was very Lovecraftian, but it yeah, was not Yeah, it's a cross between Lovecraft and Stephen King, I guess. Sutter Kane is the author that's writing these books that are basically changing reality by the number of people that believe or that are reading his books. And by reading it, they're helping to change reality into it unwittingly. His books will have a title in way smaller font than his name. And the name Sutter Kane uses the same font as Stephen King's name does. So yeah, the author is meant to imitate Stephen King, except Stephen King never wrote anything, in my opinion, as poignant as this movie was. It's influenced by, and I was getting confused, it's at the Mountains of Madness as opposed to in the Mountains of Madness. Yes, it's influenced by, yeah, heavily. And they even reference a town from Lovecraft. They use Lovecraftian creatures. The whole thing feels Lovecraftian, but it's not directly based on anything Lovecraft did. It's meant to have that feel. Hell, it's better Lovecraft than Lovecraft. Am I going overboard and saying that, Albert? In the spirit of it. I don't don't know. I just really like that movie. Yeah, I mean, it's a great movie, but Lovecraft stuff is very hit and miss. Mountains of Madness is, uh, the Mountains of Madness is one of the best books I ever read, but with some of that stuff he read, it's just garbage. Yeah. Sandra, if you've not seen this movie, you've got to see this movie. Okay. (laughs) There you go. I've been reading a few, or excuse me, listening to a few Lovecraft things. I've listened to At the Mountains of Madness. That's the one that's in the story that's in Antarctica, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just finished listening to Rats in the Wall. I don't think I've read that one. Like all of Lovecraft stuff, it just leaves you feeling uncomfortable. It's supposed to. It's Lovecraft. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. The other thing you have to remember with some of these classic sci fi pulp authors is now a lot of the stuff they use is you think, oh, well, that's hackneyed or cliched or whatever. But at the time it came out, it was the first people or the first person that did it. So it's very influential. That's why everybody was doing that kind of stuff. But anyway, yeah, I'll try to watch that. I highly recommend it. I think it's really good. Omen 3 was just kind of give or take. And it never ceases to amaze me. Whenever Hollywood does an Antichrist or Armageddon movie, it's always from the point of view of Catholicism. And they are missing out. Are they not, Albert? <laughs> 
every one of the, the omen. What was the one with Christopher Walken where he's Gabriel? The prophecy. prophecy. Yeah, the prophecy, the omen. Yeah, the prophecy. The angel shows up with the guns. And all of all of it plays by the rules that Catholicism has set up. They need to go to these rural, out of the way Protestant churches. What they need to do is they need to find a church of God <laughs> and <Lord>. sit in. <laughs> and sit in on a few of their versions of Revelation. That is blockbuster in the making right there. That is a special effects extravaganza, rather than setting up these rules that the Antichrist and everything has to play by. No, 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 no. Bring in the whore of Babylon. Bring in the dragon. Bring in the whore of Babylon riding the dragon and make it Britney Spears. <laughs> I mean, Hillary Clinton. Or Hillary Clinton. Both of them. They cannot, there's room on that dragon for everybody. Sandra, <laughs> have you heard the news? <laughs> Army of Darkness. No, that's a good movie. Oh, shit. No, yeah, that's right. Army of the Dead. Albert, I was under the impression you were the one that wanted to watch it. Sandra and I watched it, and then you had to go back and watch it because you didn't watch it. Yeah, I was going to try to get by without watching it and just sort of make it as a joke that I made y'all watch it, but (laughs) I I couldn't get by with it. That's not a very funny joke, Albert. (laughs) That's two and a half hours of my life gone. <laughs> I know. It's a, it's Lord a have joke mercy. to me. <laughs> On top of the, what, six-hour epic that the, Zack Snyder stole from me in the, his Justice League cut. <laughs> I was about to say, Lord have mercy. I honestly went into this expecting it to be better than Justice League because he's away from character properties. He's away from defined characters. This is entirely his own thing, right? Boy, was I disappointed. It was better than the four-hour cut of Justice League. It, because know. it was only two like, and a half hours long. Yes, no, yes, like exactly. I never felt. I would say Justice League is better. The Snyder cut of Justice League, despite its runtime, it never felt like my intelligence was being insulted. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. This did. Like that's that's the difference. The, the Aquaman woman smelling the the Aquaman scene with the woman. Smelling his sweater, and then just all of them suddenly <laughs> bursting out into some nor- weird, no- hopefully Norwegian folk song. Come if on. that man was walking down the street and threw his clothes on the ground, women would pick up and smell it. <laughs> but would they break out into a, a weird Norwegian folk song? I'd forgotten about that. I referred to that <laughs> as the Sandra Namor scene. Well, that's that's completely understandable. But I tell you, we wouldn't be breaking out in, in Norwegian folk song. <laughs> Or whatever that is. Is there an Okinawan equivalent? (laughs) Some kind of Hawaiian water folk song. I don't know. Or New Zealand folk song. But I'm just like, what? What the heck is going on here? Break out your ukulele and do somewhere over the rainbow. (laughs) God. The sweater stuff, okay, that could be understandable, Albert, but my God, what was it with the Norwegian choir there? I don't know. That was... I don't know. I'm not Norwegian. (laughs) 
Well, I assume they're Norwegian, the the Scandinavian, whatever. (laughs) The first few minutes of it got off to a rollicking start. You knew what was going to happen. The army lost control of this top secret container they were shipping out in the Nevada desert. That scene where the zombie inside, the alpha zombie, walks up to the top of the hill and looks over Nevada. That was all very promising so far as zombie movies go. And then what do they do? They just skip the entire infection of Nevada and just cut it into certain scenes for the opening credits. What could have been the most interesting part of the movie that we've got two and a half hours of, they just cut it down to opening credits. And I'm not even sure why the Liberace was there. (laughs) The opening credits were fine, but they went, with the exception of the opening credits, I'll give him credit where the the movie didn't feel like two and a half hours. Now, I'm going to. It moved at a pretty good pace for me. But I knew this movie was a pile. When in the opening scene, there's a two-car wreck and a giant explosion comes from the two-car wreck. Oh, always. But you see, I'm I'm starting. I, I, I was fine with that, but no, no, yeah. I can't. I can't stand to see that, and I don't know why. I'm fine with everything else, but when when cars randomly explode, it's got to the point where I can't. Like there has to be a reason. I used to be the same way as you. There's there's got to be a reason for the explosion to occur because cars don't run into telephone poles and then explode. They wrap themselves around telephone poles and telephone poles collapse on them, typically, unless it's a pinto. But, but, unfortunately for me, on different boards and stuff, I've seen these threads out of China where they post Chinese accidents and everything explodes. A guy puts his lawnmower in a shed, and the shed explodes. (laughs) So it's becoming more and more realistic to me that things just naturally combust like that. God. (laughs) At least in China. (laughs) Are you recording this? Yes, I'm recording this. (laughs) I hope so. I mean, how do you ruin a movie with Tignataro in it? (laughs) When I saw her, I thought, oh, well, at least there's something for Stan to watch. I relate to her. She's from Mississippi. That kind of dry, non-responsive humor that she's got going for, I really appreciate that. Where did she become famous at? She's a stand-up comedian. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, for years she was on the circuit. She's one of these comedians' comedians, like Norm MacDonald is. Comedians revere Norm MacDonald because he has absolutely no filter and he'll say anything. Tig is in a different way. Tig's delivery is so dry that she can get away with saying, anything. Yeah. She's got this uh, tragic, horrible real life backstory to her. She has a show on Amazon called One Mississippi that ran for two seasons. Uh It's very highly rated. Denise and I have watched all the episodes of it. It's very engaging. It's hard to describe it as a comedy. Dramedy would be a better word, but it's not really overly dramatic. It just deals with a pseudo version of her that has to go back to Mississippi to deal with her mother's death and to deal with her stepfather, to deal with her brother. So it is and it isn't her real life. In other words, you you know the events in here took place, but the people that she deals with, uh, her girlfriends and stuff like that, they may not be exactly right. They may be amalgamations of people that she's known through her life. It, it was a really good series, but uh, when I saw her in this, I thought, okay, well, this will be good. She had some good lines in it. She had a decent part in it. It's just that 
Albert, you said it was paced well. I was waiting. I was counting the minutes for it to be over by the time they got back in there and was going after the vault. Really? Because when I pulled it up, I said, well, how long is this? Because I have to do something. You know, I have to be someplace. (laughs) And it said two hours and 28 minutes. And I said, oh, that's too long. I'll just watch an hour of it or half an hour of it. And then I'll finish it off when I get back. Next thing I know, it's the end of the movie. And I'm, well, I guess I'm not going out like I thought I was. Those dishes aren't going to do them well. (laughs) So once I started watching it, it was engaging enough for me to keep on watching it. Let's put it that way. The scenes that stand out to me were the Siegfried and Roy's white tiger running around. I kept trying to figure out if they intended for the zombie princess to be Britney Spears because she's, she's wearing a version of Britney Spears Vegas outfit. Oh, is she? Yeah, when I say a version of it, Britney Spears probably goes through 17 outfits during her one Vegas show. But on the billboard, she's wearing a, the zombie princess is wearing an outfit very reminiscent of the Britney Spears billboards in Vegas. Oh, okay. That was just an aside. I thought, Albert, you said no, but at least that would have been something more tongue in cheek. I don't think he went. Either way, far enough in this. And I got to tell you, watching Dave Bautista is like watching paint dry. I think he could have picked a better lead than Dave Bautista. And that's no slam against Dave Bautista because I've enjoyed him in stuff that he's done. But to actually carry a movie as the lead here, I didn't I, I didn't think he was up to the task, so to speak. If we had seen this movie, say, four weeks ago, I would have said that they should have put John Cena in instead of Dave Bautista. But now John Cena is so far down the scale here, given the Taiwan situation. I'm glad it's Dave Bautista. <laughs> hmm. I thought it just five, but I thought everyone everyone was pretty bad in this movie. <laughs> It wasn't necessarily him. They were all terrible in this movie. I like the evil Japanese businessman. I didn't think we had enough of him. Well, of course not. Haruki Sonata. He could read the phone book. He's awesome. <laughs> Easy peasy Japanesey. We can't say that. No, I can because I am. Ja- that was that was the most memorable thing. That little back and forth was hysterical. <laughs> yeah. Lemon the- squeezy. Are you happy? <laughs> <laughs> There's also Garrett Dillahunt, the guy that played Haruki's henchman and that actually went in for the and, yeah. and killed the zombie. He's always good. He was somewhat wasted in that role. I don't feel that it's any of the cast's problem. I don't know where it lost it. I don't think it ever had it. I think he had a great idea. Zombies invade Las Vegas. Then the idea completely fell apart after the alpha zombie is standing on the ridge overlooking Las Vegas. This wasn't kitsch enough. This wasn't scary enough. There's not a lot of jump scares in it. There wasn't too much of anything one way or the other, which kind of puts it on the pile of forgettable zombie movies to me. Well, well, it doesn't try to do anything. It's just, I don't know what the point of the movie was. It never amounted to anything. That camp guard rapist. That was... I loved but, how nobody was concerned about him being there. It was well, so horrible. Nobody cared that he was going to be taken off by the zombies. But that was the <laughs> gag. We knew that was going to be the gag the first when he put that gun to that girl's head and threatened her. When we first saw that, I thought, you're going to have a death and not a one of them is going to come save you. You're going to show back up as a zombie. And he shows back up as a zombie. I did like the Looney Tunes death trap sequence leading to the vault. Yeah. Incinerator and then the wall slam shut. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I like think the, we could have overplayed that. I like Dieter. I thought he was he was funny because I mean he really went for it. The whole complete screaming 
<laughs> the high pitched screaming when he, anything happened. <laughs> I saw another review and they mentioned how, how my, and, and this movie does this. Like it rips off aliens a whole lot. Aliens, the second one? The second one. They rip off the Ramirez character, not Ripley, but the, the, the female space marine. She yeah. might as well just be in this movie. The corporate guy trying to bring the stuff back to weaponize it. He's in this yeah. movie. That's true. Even, they even die yeah. the same way. Yeah. Huh. I watched aliens after we did the last podcast. Oddly enough, and you're right. ripping off pretty strongly. I also thought it was oh, this movie's so stupid. <laughs> the the one zombie realized that humans can only do perfect headshots, so he just got a metal helmet and was yeah, yeah, but nobody else movie. got the metal helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Because everybody, no, no matter what was going on, they only got headshots on these zombies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are, and they managed to use their machine guns and just mow down the head. You're right. Yeah, that's all we need is zombies that move super fast <laughs> and that are and understand how to put armor and, on themselves and can breathe. Yeah, <laughs> that there was you the go. Other thing. Yeah, they, I was like. What the heck? When he first went down on his knees next to the woman and was listening at her stomach, I thought, are you telling me that he's trying to listen for a baby? Is that what I'm hearing here? And I'm, oh my God, surely not. Oh yeah. He said that in an interview later and I did not read the entire article. It was one of these things that pop up on my newsfeed from movies and all. And they asked Zack Snyder, are the zombies capable of having sex? Well, yes, zombies are capable of having sex. Thank you, Zack. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even want. Well, those super zombies were. What a mess. This is not one that I feel like I'm going to, that I have any investment in to watch again. Let's put it that way. I don't care. I don't care about the setup at the end. Realistically, you're president of the United States. Word gets out that this convoy, you're going to get word within the hour that this convoy that contained a zombie has exploded, gone south, and it's gone horribly awry. One hour after that, you get word that there's riots in Las Vegas right outside of where this convoy went to shit. How long does it take you to say, oh my God, I hate that we had a giant nuclear catastrophe in Las Vegas. (laughs) There's no sealing them in. This is a virus. This is the worst kind of a virus. This is, oh dear Lord, we accidentally lost a nuke sort of situation. You make that call. You make that call. Whatever the population of Las Vegas is, it's nothing in comparison to the population of the rest of America. The fact that they're they're playing politics over whether or not to finally drop the bomb on Las Vegas. I, <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm sitting there. The moment I get the moment I get news of the convoy having a wreck, <laughs> that's probably the moment I nuke Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> but me, my personality, I play fast and loose with nuclear weapons anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Tulsa's really getting on my f- <laughs> nerves. No. <laughs> Tulsa. Yeah. <laughs> no particular reason. <laughs> Arkansas, Kansas. Make up your mind. Pick one. <laughs> So overall, we're kind of agreed. I think this is a movie of missed opportunities. Well, there was what opportunity was missed. They just made a crappy zombie movie. That's all it was. Almost did almost entirely in blue screen. I'm going to say once again, dear God, please, please 
take the slow-mo away from Zack Snyder. We could have shaved half an hour off this movie if he if he just let go of the slow-mo. That's all he's got, Sandra. <laughs> That's it. If you take it away from him, he ain't got no career. There was a big article. Was it you that said you read the article where he said, I saw that if I pinched the camera this way when I was a kid, it would slow everything down and I've been in love with it ever since? No, oh, I don't read articles Lord. about people I don't like. <laughs> It wasn't just the slow-mo. Did you notice to compensate for their special effects budget where they knew the effects sucked that the camera would go weirdly blurry in that area? Like when he's holding up the queen's head, they would... And, and nowhere else. It wasn't like a cinematic choice. It was like you could intentionally tell they're blurring out the parts that don't look good. Huh. I didn't care for that at all. There were other ways to do it. You didn't have to do it like that. You could have shown a close-up of the guy's hand with her hair in it, it twitching the guy's face without that. There are other tricks that they could have pulled other than that weird blurring effect. Wasn't that supposed to be from the zombie point of view? I don't know that it was consistent in that. Okay. There was- no, that blur- they would use it all sorts of, even in places that, that necessarily weren't CGI yeah. heavy, they would still use it. Yeah, the blur stands out in this more than J.J. Um, Abrams' flash on Star Trek. And I liked Star Trek, the 2009 movie. Yeah, we're looking at Dave Bautista's shoulder now, and his face is in focus, but when he turns, his shoulder is blurred and his chin is blurred for no reason. We're not even in a battle sequence in this scene or anything. They're not even in Las Vegas anymore. I, honest to God, was kind of halfway expecting Zack Snyder to bring something to the table here. But I'm going to disagree with you. I thought this was much better than Justice League, the Snyder cut. Oh, I do too. He's not ruining any beloved characters in this. I watched it once, and I think that was enough. Much like Kong versus Godzilla and the new Mortal Kombat. I don't need to see those again. There was really not much that I found entertaining or connected to. But it, it was yeah. worth watching once. Well, Tignatero, I was going to watch because her. They could. Oh, she was Star- good. Yeah. yeah on Star Trek Discovery, if they just put the camera in the engine room with Tig, the engineer, and goofy redheaded ensign, that could be Discovery. That could be every episode of Discovery right there. Mm-hmm. We don't have to leave the engine room. We just have to listen to these three bicker back and forth as they solve these problems. Yeah. So yeah, that I'd be I'd be great with that, but I'm pretty sure we got rid of everybody from Discovery that was remotely engaging in that way. Discovery kind of gets away from being an ensemble cast and putting one the focus on one person and unfortunately that I think that's hurting the show. But should you watch it? I don't even think it's worth the watch. If you like zombie movies, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah but if you want to fall. If you're okay with two and a half hours of slock. Well, like I said, there were some, there were, you know, there was Tignataro, there was that German safecracker, and there was Hiroyuki Sonata in it. There wasn't enough of Hiroyuki. Yeah, that's and, true. But And and that's the problem. You have this great heavy, maybe throughout the movie, he, he gets about maybe 10 minutes worth of screen time, if that. Dave Bautista can't carry this. There's no enigmatic individual. Between that and the blurs and the, I just don't care. They could have done so, there was so much there to go for. I would have much rather, would y'all not have rather have seen the zombie takeover of Las Vegas? No. Oh, I mean, not? I think I was perfectly happy with the way they did that. There was nothing. Was there the show? Remember Mars Attacks when the aliens is, hit Las Vegas? This is no Wasn't Mars that a crap, crap movie, Mars Attacks? 
Now, Mars Attacks Mars is Attacks not a is crap a, movie. It's a classic. If Mars Attacks is, I, I don't even know how to describe it or what genre it f- fits into best. Mars Attacks is a classic. Albert's right on that. I'm with him on that. They could have gone that way with it, like the boxing scene with the Martians, Tom Jones using the airplane to escape, things like that. The majority of this movie doesn't feel like it's actually in Las Vegas to me. <laughs> really? They keep showing us the casinos. They keep showing us the landmarks to let us know we're in Las Vegas. And of course, the zombie queen is dressed in the showgirls outfit. That's about it. Otherwise, it could have just been a city with a bank in it. But again, I love the Looney Tunes bank vault protection system. If you're going to watch a Zack Snyder zombie film, watch Dawn of the Dead. Now, I remember that being far more uh, intriguing slash having more of a connection to the movie than this. That was Zack Snyder? Yeah, Dawn of the Dead. The remake? The remake. Yeah. Yeah, I did like the remake of it. No, I thought the remake was garbage, too. Well, in comparison to the original Dawn of the Dead, but I thought the remake was serviceable. I, I like the remake. It. I, I think it had it. a little bit more substance. They were obviously, there was commentary about the mall culture and that, but this was just... There wasn't any underlying situations here. You don't have time enough nor want to... There's no effort going into character development, so you're not attached to any of these individuals. Well, which, there, there was a little bit, but they really couldn't carry it off. Yeah. In a zombie movie, you don't necessarily have to be attached to the individuals. You've just got to at least see the point of view of a couple of them yeah just identify enough is there actually a tv show coming out of this well that was the plan yeah i'm looking i'm looking at the imd and it says that there is a army of the dead lost vegas in it don't see anything else about it but it's supposed to have tig notaro so it must be must be something else i don't know like maybe before they all died (laughs) they've also got a making of Army of the Dead, Las Vegas. No, this has got Christian Slater, Jenna Malone, <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens, Harry Lennox. What's uh, the due date on it? it? Oh, it has Dave Batista in it, too. So I'm thinking this is what you wanted to see, which is how they lost Las Vegas. It just says season one, 2021. So maybe there's... Yeah, Army of the Dead, Las Vegas. Okay. She dies eventually, so why does it even matter? Oh, it's going to be an anime. It's going to be uh, animated. They need to get results and see if this is actually benefiting Netflix, HBO Max, Disney Plus in before they jump into the, hey, the Matrix had an anime. Let's do an anime sort of situation. Something does not become beloved because the director insists that it's beloved. And this is certainly not Frank Darabont's season one of Walking Dead. No, not at all. But anyway, it's fulfilling your suggestion that they do something about how Las Vegas fell. Well, I didn't want a cartoon. (laughs) (laughs) Too bad. Yeah. Yeah, if we got the budget, we've got the budget. So, oh, there's just one episode of it listed for most all of them so far. Yeah, it's kind of lost it on me. I would watch Dawn of the Dead over this. No, easily. Easily. Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead over Well, this. again, easily. This was better in Justice League to me because he's not screwing around with beloved properties that he doesn't understand. And it wasn't yeah. four hours long. Yeah. I don't care what he does in this. I just didn't find it entertaining. This is something that if I went and paid a movie ticket price for and sat through, I would be kind of pissed at myself for paying the movie ticket price and sitting through. Yeah. <laughs> 
these releases, well, this is on Netflix. Army of the Dead's on Netflix. But the Godzilla release and the Mortal Kombat release, those have all been forgettable. Oh, I agree. Like I said, I watched it once and that was more than enough. I don't need to see it again. I think the HBO Max release of their movies was a smart way to go because they're just not really... We'll never know, but none of the movies that they've released are what I would consider blockbusters or traditional. Well, they don't have. Well, they could be, but they don't have the marketing behind them. People that like Godzilla, they're going to go. They would go to see Godzilla. People that like zombies would go to see this. But you're limiting yourself and your market scope on it. People that didn't like zombies or didn't care about zombies. Frank Darabont made the first season of The Walking Dead an entry point for everybody. I'm not a zombie person. I'm not sure why I actually watch this. Albert, but um, <laughs> start to say I know why we watched it. <laughs> yeah, you know, if somebody just told me, "Oh, Walking Dead, it's a great zombie TV series," I'd have said, "No, thanks." I I just wouldn't have watched it, but it's so much more. No, there's a lot more going on to it, and Frank Darabont had set that all up from season one. In my opinion, by season four, they lost. When the little girl comes out of the shed, that was, and it wasn't that moment, but it was after that season. I watched the following season and I watched bits of the next season and I just didn't care anymore. It lost a lot of what it had going for it. Now they have dragged the TV show out until it is literally The Walking Dead. (laughs) It was life support. It should have died seasons ago, along with The Simpsons. You like zombies? Watch this. Otherwise, it's just not a notable movie. Albert, have you heard about this $675 PlayStation 5 shirt? Shirt? No. Shirt from Sony, and I'm not going to say that because I'm going to embarrass myself. But yeah, there is a PlayStation 5 shirt that costs more than the PlayStation 5, and it's just ridiculous. You know anybody no, that would I, spend that on a shirt? But not on a shirt like that. That's more than my entire... What, what shirt would they spend it on? I don't know. A Deadpool shirt or something? Oh! For $675? Hell, I don't think my... I don't think every item of clothing that I have adds up to $675. $75. Mine do. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to go to the plus size store, so they cost more. No, I started, well, I started to say, but you're a big Gucci guy, right? <laughs> a big Gucci guy. <laughs> you're, you know, you, you've got to have that logo on it somewhere. Let's do some emails here. First up, <laughs> under the category of Stan sticks his foot in his mouth again. Did Stan actually complain that the Shang-Chi comic book was not being realistic? Yes, yes, I did. Did his prescription run out? No, not only he prescribed drugs. He does know that the events in comics are completely unrealistic by nature, right? (laughs) Well, you've got operating parameters there that you have to stay inside. And then the email finishes off, we will pray for him. That was from Christina. Christina, I just don't like the Shang-Chi comic book, and it's not operating within the norms of the parameters for Marvel Comics. That's my problem with the Shang-Chi comic book. I think it needs somebody better at characterization on it that can draw new readers in because I don't think it's doing its job. If it were up to you three, Sandra, Stan, Albert, how, when, and where would you bring the Fantastic Four into the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Let's assume Namor has already appeared or is completely (laughs) off the board, please. And in parentheses, he types, sorry, Sandra. Uh Close parentheses. Jamal. Um, I've got an idea. Albert, do you? Not really. (laughs) 
Sandra? I was kind of under the impression that they were going to bring the Fantastic Four in either through the Doctor Strange multiverse or the Ant-Man quantum universe. They're obviously going to have to be an alternate universe. I can't imagine them bringing them in now after the They don't have to be alternate universe. Yeah, I think the X-Men have to be alternate universe, but I don't think none of these things have to be alternate universe. Why does the X-Men have to be alternate universe and Fantastic Four not? Because there's so many of them, we've not had a mention of mutants before. And Wolverine is over 200 years old. Oh, they should do away with that. That's the same thing with, you know, you can get away with Apocalypse. Look, I'm going to pitch this again, Jamal. I've pitched this repeatedly. Fantastic Four is a real simple setup, especially since Ant-Man. And we saw that Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyme in the Marvel Cinematic Universe were active during the 80s. I think this is a great opportunity for Marvel to do a little bit of a period piece. Just say, do a brief origin where they get their powers on the starship. The the radiation wave hits them with the tic-tac, tic-tac, tic-tac. Doctor Doom's not with them. It's just the four of them. Set that origin piece in 1963, where you you can get away with things like, you know, bringing your girlfriend and her teen brother onto a spaceship just to prove all of NASA wrong and do that and and do it with the same level of seriousness that they've done everything else. Then show the hype for them, show a little bit about their public relations and the thing coming to terms. Here's how you bring them into modern MCU. Toward the end of the film or what have you, Reed opens the portal to the negative zone. If they want to say the negative zone is the quantum reality from Ant-Man fine, whatever. They walk through it because time acts different and wonky there. Uh, Then just have Doom show up, turn the negative zone portal out, take the fuse box to the negative zone, uh, take the fuse out of the negative zone portal, and they're trapped on the other side. And while they're trapped on the other side from, say, 1965 all the way through current times, I think the Marvel Universe's current year is supposed to be 2024, 2025, and then just show the portal get reactivated, and it's been two weeks for them trapped in the negative zone, but over here, almost 60 years has passed, almost 60, 70 years has passed. As for Doctor Doom, I think he needs an independent Disney Plus series following his origin that's completely him. Just call it Doom. Show him getting his startup. Keep it traditional. He can interact with Marvel characters like the Ancient One and Man-Thing. So set him up through D23. Set the Fantastic Four up in a movie and you could just march them right into modern times through the Negative Zone portal. That has been my pitch for Fantastic Four. For so quite you don't you don't think you don't think Doom should also be from the sixties? Yes, I do. That's what I'm saying. Doom starts off at the same time. You got to start Doom right after World War II when they're rounding up the Gypsy camps. That's when the deal with Mephisto goes down that his mother makes. So yeah, you start Doom off there too. Doom doesn't age simply because of his magics. He's second only to the Sorcerer Supreme. That's why I say you've got to have him interact with the Ancient One. You've got to have him to be aware of the portal to all realities through Man Thing and so on and so forth. You've got wonderful opportunities here. You could work tremendous amount of Marvel characters into an eight-episode or ten-episode Doom Disney Plus series. So when the Fantastic Four gets back, Doom's here. He's still in his armor. You don't see that he's aged, and he hasn't aged that much because you've got the excuse of the magic slowing his aging and everything. Same thing as the Ancient One. So you could fit them both nicely and neatly into current Marvel cinematic continuity without anybody batting an eye. I think it'd also be an interesting add-on 
alone if they kept the Baxter building under shield control. But the problem is, is that the Herbie protection system doesn't let anybody get in past the lobby. So shield has come in and pretended that this is a normal building, but nobody can get to past the second floor because of the Herbie protection systems in place. Hmm. So that would be how I do it. Now, the mutants, I got to be honest, other than an alternate universe, them coming in from an alternate reality, I have no idea. But you didn't ask about the mutants. You asked about the Fantastic Four. So would you have the Fantastic Four first movie be their origin story again? Or would you have it starting with them coming through the negative zone? I would have them do a brief origin and the simplest origin, the best. And as a matter of fact, I think you should start off with Reed, Sue, Johnny, and Ben stealing the Starship, the Excelsior, whatever you're going to name that ship, in, say, 1962. Uh, the year their comic book premiered. You should see that. You should see them land. You should get a, a brief rundown of situations. They can encounter the Mole Man, or you can have a setup where whatever heavy they have, and you can see Doom in the background there, but Doom won't be the main heavy. Whatever the situation that's revolving around, whatever set of villains they're dealing with is after the secrets to the negative zone or the quantum reality, whatever you want to call it. And ultimately, after they resolve the bad guy situation at the end of the movie, Reed has managed to create a portal by saying, you know, the mole man was right. He was just going about it the wrong way. But, you know, with this portal, we can access this. And then you get that. Are we in this together? And they all put their hands together and they walk through the negative zone portal. And then that's when Doom comes in and removes the fuse. <laughs> yeah. I think they have a lot to do there. I would love to see 1960s Ben, Reed, Sue, and Johnny deal with the 2000s. I know they did a great job with Cap adjusting, but they did that by the end of the Winter Soldier, Cap is all caught up. Everything's fine. But there's a different sensibility to the Fantastic Four being in their prime in the 60s and coming out of the situation in the year 2024. Hmm. It explains you can have Ben have that Brooklyn accent, that Yancey Street accent and chomping on a cigar you've got room for a lot of comedy there as well, or a lot of light bits. You don't want to turn it into a comedy. But you have Doom running through the background of the movie. At the same time, you give Doom a Disney Plus series explaining his origin, following him. So you don't really have a antagonist for the Fantastic Four. Other than I'm saying I'm saying the Mole Man can somehow or other know that the quantum reality exists and he's trying to make his way toward it underground. That somehow there's a warp tunnel or something he once found underground and so on and so forth. And in the process, have the Fantastic Four. It's more like it's not a bad guy. It's not superheroes versus a bad guy as much as it is the Fantastic Four understanding a problem in a situation, I would make the Mole Man much more sympathetic because the Fantastic Four traditionally are not the ones that stop bank robbers. You know, that's the event. If you're going that route, I would have gone with Annihilus. Annihilus would be good too. Somebody from the negative zone that have made it over into the reality and they're trying to help get back. Yeah, Annihilus, not Blastar. Yeah, somebody, yeah, somebody like that that, you know, turns out to be a villain or something along those lines. There's multiple opportunities there. That's just the skeletal bone structure. I haven't sat and I haven't sat down and written anything out other than the doom stuff. I thought of that a while ago, Jamal, because I I'm heavily hyper focused on doom and you're just dying to try to work Namor in there somewhere. <laughs> No, I was already told that Namor wasn't wasn't an option. Namor, no, he was very nice. He said Namor has already appeared first. <laughs> yeah, in some don't get me started. <laughs> Albert, anything? Oh, 
God. All right, we'll go through the rest real quick. Jody wants to know, will we be doing the Hoover Public Library Sci-Fi Fest this year? Yes, Jody. I'll be doing multiple Star Wars panels with Michael Nip and Miss Marie, who is a walking encyclopedia of Star Wars facts. And we will be doing some comic book panels for them this year. And I'll get you more information on that next episode. When is it? It's in July. Okay. So, yeah, but we've, it's going to be a virtual situation. So we'll be recording. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, you know, it won't put me or Sandra. Sandra doesn't have to come to Hoover for the public library. (laughs) Am I supposed to be there? Uh, You'll be part of my voice. You'll be part of uh, some of the comic panels. Yeah. Same thing as you did last year. Okay. We're going to close up the emails for there. I'll get to, we'll do more emails on next episode because I've got some good ones piled up too, but we just are running over time here. This is going to be as good a place as any to close it down. We'd like to, of course, always thank our sponsors, IVIwatches.com. Enter the code kingdom, get 25% off on IVIwatches.com. And we'd like to, of course, thank our contributors. They just continue to come through every week. Thank you all so very much. And thank you, the listeners, for being there for us. You're the reason we do it. We enjoy it. Continue to let us hear from you. KingdomCast, that's Kingdom, C-A-S-T-S at gmail.com. KingdomComics at gmail.com. KingdomCasts and Kingdom Comics on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So let us hear from you any of those ways. Let us know what you're thinking, what you think of the movies, what you think of the comics, or just, you know, how you're doing in general. We love hearing from you. We'll be back with you next week. And as always, thank Thank you, Albert. Thank you, Sandra. Sandra, do you have any final words? No. Take care, everybody. (laughs) Albert, do you have any final words here? Don't listen to Sandra. Ah! (laughs) Albert! Why? (laughs) We'll get no no name more. (laughs) Not till I get my Night Thrasher. Night Thrasher. Thrasher. Good God Almighty. Five bucks says Night Thrasher shows up before no more. Probably... Sadly, sad. that's why people need to write. I have no final words other than we will talk to you again next week. And of course, as always, thank you so very much for listening. Tell them good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Kingdom Casts is owned by Kingdom Comics Incorporated and produced by Stan Daniel and Albert Marsh. No part of this program may be reproduced, replicated, or replayed without permission. Special thanks to Sandra Swindle. Also, thank you to our content contributors, Jason Bean, Tim Bryant, Cornelius Burroughs, Denise Daniel, Josh Duke, Alex Fitzpatrick, Hatcher, Charles Hickey, Ali Marceau, Joseph Koloski, Katrina Olstead, and Angela Pickett. Logo designed by Geoffrey Gwynn. Edited by Stan Daniel. Kingdom Casts is copyrighted 2021. All rights reserved. The guy that becomes the computer. Zoloft. Artem Zoloft? Yeah, Zoloft. Uh, that uh, Skull and Zoloft. Did you say Zoloft? Did I say Zoloft? Zoloft. What's his last name? Artem Zola. Shit. Zola. (laughs) Zoloft.